this is Michelle Ellis, and you're listening to the Rooted TCK Podcast. Hey, TCKs, welcome to another episode of the Rooted TCK Podcast. Today, I am joined by my friends Marco and Courtney Mahar. Welcome, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, so excited you're here. So you guys, I'm going to pass it over to you guys real quick, but as a quick intro, um, I've known, Marco, I've known you for quite a while. I can't remember when really we first met. I think you were still in college, maybe. Maybe, (laughs) maybe. Possibly. I don't don't remember, (laughs) but it's been a long time. (laughs) It has been, it has been. And you are now married to the beautiful Courtney. You guys have a beautiful six-month-old And so if you guys hear some um, noises in the background or if Courtney has to step out, listeners, that is why they have a beautiful family. So I'm going to pass it over to you guys real quick. If you can just share a little bit of who you are, where you grew up, what you're doing these days. So, hey, guys, I'm Courtney. Um, I am originally from Winter Haven, Florida, which is probably about 45 minutes away from Disney World as a landmark that everybody uses in Central Florida. Hey guys, I'm Mark Mahar. I'm a missionary kid to Africa. I grew up in Cameroon and Botswana, Africa, and uh, I left uh, the mission field when I was 17 years old, and I graduated high school, and uh, now we both live here in Tallahassee, Florida. And you guys are working at a church. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about, about that and what you guys, what your roles are. So we, so we have been... Um, youth pastors here at Freedom Church in Tallahassee, Florida, or it used to be called First Assembly of God um, for for the last six years. Yeah, I've been serving alongside of him while holding down uh, just a regular secular job. But yeah, it's been fun to do ministry alongside of him um, and just really watch the youth ministry grow. for him the last six years, but for me, probably about the last four years. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to hear more of your, your story of, of how, how you got your start in ministry um, at the church and everything. You know, I'm excited about what we're going to talk about today because we're, we're going to really kind of start focusing in on discerning the, the call of God on your life, which can be a little bit of an overwhelming topic. I think for, for a lot of people, I think for, when I think about MKs and TCKs, there's oftentimes that pressure of like going back into ministry, going into missions, whatever that may be. And it can just be overwhelming of like, do, am I doing this because it's what my family's done because they've been in ministry or is this something God is really calling me to? And, and maybe I don't even want to go into ministry. So um, I'd love to hear some of your story and just your thoughts on that. So when I, um, when I, was called uh called by God I would say that I was we were in Lakeland Florida on itineration uh I was attending uh Victory Church there in Lakeland um and I was involved in their youth group I was in middle school at the time and uh, I had a great youth pastor at that time and uh he just invested in me and um and really would uh, have one-on-one conversations but he always emphasized to us as middle school students about uh Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope in the future. And he challenged all of us to, to pray for those plans. Mm-hmm. And, um, as, as I grew older, as I grew older and, uh, 
and uh, more involved in the youth group, I, I start, that became my prayer as a, a middle school student. God, I want to hear you, hear what you're calling me to do for the rest of my life. I don't know if it's ministry. I don't know if it's in the secular world. What oh, what what is it? And uh, and I really did. I felt impressed that God spoke to me about going into ministry when I was 12 years old at the time. Um, and I was excited. I was gun ho. I thought though that it was going to be missions at that time. Um, and so I would walk around and be like, God's calling me into missions. And, <laughs> and, uh, I had some, believe it or not, throughout those years, um, as I, I would say I was developed, I was maturing in the call of God. Um, I felt that it really wasn't missions, but he had laid missions on my heart, but it was to be a missions minded pastor. I always said that I wanted to be a pastor that loved on missionaries and loved, uh, loved reaching the lost and doing whatever it takes to reach the lost. And so, um, that just, uh, became something that I, I felt that God was calling me to do at a young age. And, um, and over the, the next few years, I just started developing that call. Um, I would read books. I would, um, look for opportunities to speak. Uh, as we went back to Africa, I looked for uh, opportunities to speak in front of people. Um, I get, I got involved, um, in areas of ministry that I honestly never, I really had a heart for before. And, and so I learned to develop my, my heart for the call and the call of God. And, um, so that's a little bit of how God had called me, uh, mm -hmm. to full-time ministry. We'll we'll come back to some of the things that you just shared, but Courtney, we'd love to hear your experience too. Yeah, so I mean, I like him. I've always kind of had a heart for both youth and for missions. For me, I just personally think that like there's something so strong about youth ministry, mm -hmm. and that it's such a pivotal point in a person's life that like some of the decisions that you make when you're a teenager. Um, whether they're good or bad, really kind of sets a trajectory for your life. Yeah. Um, but I also think that like a lot of churches kind of underrate youth ministry and youth ministry like is at the bottom of the totem pole. And so I would love to see that change, especially in the American church. But so that's just always held um, a special place in my heart because I was one of those teens that like, yeah, I didn't make some good choices whenever I was a teenager, but like God met me at the altar and really changed my life. And from that point on, um, it was just like a light bulb moment and like being sold out for him. And it wasn't too long after like I rededicated my life to Christ that um, I just had an encounter at a church service one time and they gave an altar call for people that felt like they were being called into missions and at that point I'm like I have barely been out of the country maybe one time never been on a mission trip before I'm like I don't know what this means but like I felt it in my heart that I'm like okay I I feel like I'm being called to missions I don't know when, and I don't know where or how it's going to happen, but like, this is just what I'm like, I'm sensing 
the Holy Spirit doing right now? Mm-hmm. So um, I just answered that call. And from that point on, you know, your journey looks really different when you make that initial like, yes, I want to do this because it doesn't always happen in an instant. Um, so, I mean, but from that point on, I just got involved with missions with whatever I could. So at Southeastern, I was taking my first missions trip to LAC, shout out to Argentina. Um, and then like, I, we went to the Netherlands and went to several different places and it just grew. And with each time that I went on a missions trip, um, it just really solidified in my heart that I'm like, this is what I'm meant to do mm. long-term, not just for a week, but like long-term, this is what I'm meant to do. Um, but then that's still coming back home to America and it's still kind of a waiting game to see, okay, God, how are you going to use me? How is this going to play out? And uh, it's continuing to play out in our lives now, even with doing youth ministry and teaching them about missions yeah. and yeah. And isn't that interesting how, with what you just said there at the end, how it's continuing to play out, you know, of how, you know, the Lord calls us to things, but it, it can, it can morph and it can develop and it, you know, sometimes it's like a, a pathway to, you know, he calls you to one thing for a season and you're developing that and you're stewarding that. And then it, it morphs and how you're maybe interacting with your youth and how you're leading them. Um, I'd like to unpack a little bit when we are saying, we keep saying this, this term of, you know, the call of God, God has called me to something. Um, I know it's something that our listeners are, you know, they're very familiar with, but I know that there can sometimes be just maybe confusion or pushback on that term. Um, could you guys maybe explain a little bit more of what, what we're meaning by that? If you can define it a little bit better of the call of God. Well, when we, when we talk about the call of God to our kids, uh, we tell them that that your first call before anything else is to worship the Lord. Mm-hmm. Your first call, that's how he's prepared you. That's how he's he's um he's prepared you for a purpose. And this is this is the call, and you should walk in that call, and that's discipleship. Um, but when we talk about the call of God, um, I guess for us it would be more of uh the direction, the career path of where God is leading us. And because um, ultimately we want the Lord's will in our life and we want to see him, his name glorified in what we do and and what we say around people. And so um, when we, I guess when we talk about the call of God for us, we, we normally talk about the career, the career path and where he's leading us and guiding us and directing us um, to uh, to glorify his name in and what kind of world, um, whether it's a secular world, whether it's in ministry, uh, wherever. And so that that is, I would say, um, my uh, definition on the call, the call of God of what we're, what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I thank you for going through that and because I think that's that's great and hopefully brings a lot of clarity because because you're absolutely right we we are all what you said of our first call is to worship and glorify and magnify the Lord and we are all called to to go and make disciples but that can look like different things you know the Lord has placed 
believers in all sorts of career paths um, to reach people. And sometimes that's vocational ministry. In the case of you guys, you guys are in vocational ministry, you know, working at the church. Um, I know, Courtney, you're also in, in non-vocational ministry as yeah. well. So actually, in this call, you guys are a clear example of the call of God to um, live out that mandate of making disciples in, in various avenues, vocational ministry, non-vocational ministry. So thank you for for clarifying that. I hope that's helpful to, to listeners because um, it can feel intimidating, you know, this, this sure concept of the call of God. Um, <laughs> but but it's, it's actually quite simple, you know, and I think you, you explained that very well. So in terms of discerning what that is, you know, of, of discovering what that is, if you could, in your own experiences, go into explaining how exactly you, you determined and discerned what he was calling you, what, what specifically he was calling you to. I think for me, it, it took a little bit because it's like I knew in my spirit that like this is what I'm meant to do this is what like I was created for but then like your flesh and your mind also kind of battles that especially when you're making the decision of what college should I go to and you know what profession do I want to do like um you know obviously pastoring and either being a missionary just serving in ministry um, that was not my first thought. I honestly thought that like I was going to go to New York and I was going to go to like a fashion design school because I, I was creative. I think probably more creative at that time, but, um, I just felt like I was more creative and like, that's the route that I wanted to go to. I didn't, you know, no hate to business majors, but I didn't want to like go to a big university and be a business major and, you know, do all that. But, um, I just wrestled with that for a lot. Um, and then I took a tour of Southeastern and just, even just walking on campus, there was a shift, mm -hmm. um, in my heart of like, there's something here and it's not just, you know, the brick and mortar of the school, but like, there's a presence of the Holy Spirit on this campus um, that like, I want to be a part of it. And being a part of that school kind of, I think, helped me along the way, kind of begin to shape and mold what I was thinking, what I was feeling. Um, and I had great professors that really, they, they pushed me mm -hmm. and they believed in me, especially in a culture that doesn't always, you know, cheer on women in ministry and provide a space for them. And they did that. Mm -hmm. um, so there was, I think, having people above you that can empower you and say like, no, you can do this. There's a way that you can do this. And like, there's a team of people that want to come alongside of you and help you fulfill this mission and fulfill this call. That's yeah. good. For, for me, I would say um, when I was 12, 13 years old, my youth pastor had shared with all of us that when you fall in love with Jesus, when you fall in love with Jesus, he's going to show you, you're going to understand and know when he speaks to you. 
you're going to know you're going to know when he speaks to you but here are some areas of of how he can speak to you mm-hmm. he uh he was he was so good at unpacking it making it practical and for for me i would always go to him and i would say what uh, i really want to learn how to how to discern the voice of god and and he would always tell me well, are you reading your word? Because there's not just examples found in one book of the Bible. It's throughout the word of God and he speaks in different ways. And I remember that one time he would, he would uh, share with all of us and said, you fall in love with Jesus. And when you do that, when you fall in love with his word, when you fall in love with him and your relationship with him, he's going to show you what he wants you to do. And, and when I did that, when I would continue to commit myself every single time, when I would offer myself in worship, when I would, um, when I would seek him every chance I got, every time the doors were open, we were, I was there, I was worshiping him and I was learning, taking notes, doing whatever I, I could just to uh, hear, hear from him and learn how to hear from him. And, uh, and when that time did come, it was on a, re- it was at a retreat in the middle of nowhere. It was, yeah. I, I think it was, um, I think it was in Lake Wales, Florida, but, and, and there were like orange groves all over the place. And there was like, uh, there was bunk beds. We were at, a re- at a retreat, a middle school retreat. And, and that evening, uh, I felt, I, w- I wouldn't say it was the audible voice of God, but, um, but I just felt impressed in my heart that ministry was was it mm-hmm. and and during that evening so many more people came up and without me sharing that came up and confirmed that multiple mm-hmm. multiple people came up and confirmed that over me and and that's how I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was what God was calling me to do it's awesome hearing both of your stories you know, because with Courtney, some of it was like, you had this realization of like, something came alive in you, right? Where you were like, this is like, I can't see myself doing anything else. Like, this is so fulfilling. There's a piece of me that is just like ignited, you know, um, by being in ministry settings, by being involved in ministry. And Marco, for you, you know, one, the you know, having great people and leadership in your life, Courtney, I, I know you did too, <laughs> but, but having that, like that deep impression of, you know, as you were seeking to, to better learn God's voice, you know, you were able to determine when he did Im- impress something on you. And sometimes it can almost feel like, like it's, you know, it's not from you, you know, yeah. it's, it's clearly not something that you necessarily were thinking on your own like it, it it's like it gets downloaded into you from like deep deep within yeah. you know and so it's it's so valuable to learn the many ways that God speaks to us confirms his plans for our lives um, and I, I think that can be really helpful of of learning to discern his voice learning to discern his call because it, it doesn't always look the same for everybody you know yeah, <laughs> So I'd, I'd love to hear, and you're kind of hitting this, Marco, I'd love to hear just in this um, concept, this topic of discerning God's call in your life, how, how important is the community that you are surrounding yourself with in that, in helping you to, A, determine <laughs> what that is, um, but two, to like walk it out, how, what, what would be the value that you would place on who you're surrounding yourself with when it comes to discerning God's call? 
I, I definitely, I definitely believe that the community really helped um, spur, and because the Bible says we we are to encourage one another and uplift one another and spur each other on, and in the faith, and I believe that that can only be done when you are so when you surround yourself in a community full of believers and uh, people that love the Lord, people that want His heart, that are learning and and that are learning what it means to follow him every single day. Um, I think it's extremely valuable um, because I tell my students all the time in our youth ministry that if it wasn't for the church, if it wasn't for uh, those that I, I surrounded myself with, I don't know if I would be even following God right now because, because they they spurred me on. They, they, uh, we were like-minded and we were, we were pursuing him together. It wasn't just me on one end of the room and the, and everyone else at the back, at the back of the room. It was, it, it was all of us. We were all pursuing him together. And so there is great power in community and there's great power in, um, as Hebrews says, uh, in fellowshipping with one another. Um, and so I, I definitely see that as extremely valuable for any, for any TCK or any believer um, mm-hmm. to surround yourself with the right, the right men and women, uh, older, younger, you're in a similar age, uh, to be, uh, be around those, those individuals because they will encourage you and spur you on and teach you things that you didn't really even know. <laughs> I just begin to think about you know, the saying that's like, show me your friends and I'll, and I'll show you your future. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there were people that I had kind of hung out around that it's like, you know, this isn't, even though like I, they were comfortable and like they were friends that I grew up with maybe from elementary and middle school that, you know, along the way, everybody makes their own choices. And so you have to be careful of who you pick in your community yeah. <laughs> um, because not everybody is going to be life-giving. And I remember a professor telling me that like, you know, you're going to have your cheerleaders, you're going to have your mentors and your cheerleaders, even though they're going to like, they're going to pump you up, they're going to cheer you on and say like, yeah, you can do this. Um, but they may not always give the best advice and maybe a thought that you have or like an idea, even if, whether it's ministry related or not, um, if you're pursuing that and let's say like, you don't bounce it off of somebody, but you bounce it off of a cheerleader, that's just going to say, Oh yeah, go for it. (laughs) Um, you know, they're not always going to provide you the best feedback. Um, so I think there's kind of like, tears within a community that like you kind of need to have in your in your corner with you people that are going to cheer you on people that are going to slow you down a little bit and say hey we need to we need to talk about this or kind of keep you in a check and balance when you know all of us are human so sometimes we let emotions get the best of us or whatever it may be and you have good solid friends or mentors um, that are able to stand there and kind of lovingly correct you at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I I love all of this. I think it's so valuable. I, I think about 
you know, even just being able to have, whether it's a friend or a mentor, but the, you know, those people that you spend time with them and, you know, maybe you're just hanging out for coffee or whatever, but after, after you walk away, you're like, man, I, I want to love Jesus more, you know, because of like what the Lord is doing in this person's life and how I see them, you know, loving the Lord and reflecting his character. Like I want more of that too. Like those, those kinds of people are, are so valuable. Um, I, I even just yesterday I had a uh, coffee with Christy Alexander. So shout out to Christy, who we all love dearly. And she's one of those people to me of like being with her. I, I always just walk away feeling one, so encouraged, but, but also just having this desire, well, man, I, I want to love Jesus more. I want to look more like Jesus to my community. Um, and those, those people are, are valuable. Those are so important to have um, around you, but also those people who, when things get challenging, you know, they can like point the way, you know, when you're like, when you're doubting, when you're struggling, they can point you back to Jesus. They can point you back to like his faithfulness and his goodness to the things that he's called you to. But also I'm thinking of the identity component. You know, I'm thinking about for MKs, TCKs, you know, even church kids, there can be sometimes this identity component of like, oh, well, I'm, I'm an MK. I'm, you know, I grew up in the church, you know, like it just feels like it comes with the territory, but also even sometimes once you get into ministry, um, that can become so much of your identity instead of who we really are as disciples of Jesus and disciple makers of Jesus that we become so enwrapped in, well, I'm, I'm a youth pastor, you know, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. What, what could you say about some of that? I mean, I would definitely say for me, I, I make sure I make sure to share with our students that, you know, just because we are your youth pastors doesn't mean that we're perfect and that we and that we that we make mistakes, a lot of mistakes. Um, we make mistakes daily. And so I never want them to ever think that Pastor Marco or Pastor Courtney are so on another level and I can never never talk to them. I can never relate to them about, oh, about what's going on in my life. I never have wanted that because between the both of us, we can, we can actually speak into their life on, on some of the same things when it comes to identity that they've struggled with. Um, I will say even for me, um, it's sometimes one of the things for me was when I, when God had called me into the ministry, I, um, the, que the question always is asked when I meet new people, where did you live? Where did you grow up? Uh, like, where's home for you? And I cannot help but share <laughs> that I'm a, that I'm a TCK, that I lived overseas my entire life. And especially when, when I, when I tell them that I lived overseas my entire life, they always probe with more questions. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they want to know where I lived and, and how long was I there? And so um, being a TCK, uh, it really has been a part of my identity. But at the same time, I'll even say as I've gotten older, I'm almost 30 years old now. Um, I have tried to um, I've tried to come away from that a little bit personally, because that was, that was my life in my past, but it's not. And, and even though it, 
it has helped propel me to what uh, what God has for me right now. It was still my past, and 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 I don't always want to be looked at as always the TCK. I I want to be looked at as Marco. I want to be looked at as as what what God is doing in my life right now. Yeah. And so um so I've I even though I have even though I'm not a um. I mean, TCK, once you're a TCK, you're always a TCK. I, I have since also tried to, as I've gotten older, realize that, you know, I need to probably live in the now more than what I lived in the past and, and my, my past experiences. So yeah, it's like a sliver of the pie, but it's not, it's not the whole pie, you know, the, the, the pie and the, the case that the pie is in, you know, all of that, that needs to be who Christ has made us to be, you know, who he is in us, who he's called us to be, um, that, that is the pie, that is the pie tin, <laughs> um, and the, the TCK, that's, that's a sliver, you know, and it's a great one, Yeah. Um, but Courtney, you were going to share something. I mean, I just in my experience, and this is an honesty moment that any time that I try to make ministry my identity, mm. a lot of pride came with it. Um, because I wanted to serve all the time, and it kind of crept into a point of like you know, I really want a ministry position, but like, what's the purpose? Yeah. Because sometimes people that go for a ministry position isn't always to, you know, love God and love people, but it's like, I want to hold this title. I want to be a part of this rock star staff and I want to have my name known. Um, I think if you're not careful and that doesn't just go for ministry, but it can go for anything that like, if you try to make one thing, your identity, then pride can really swallow you up. Um, and like I've struggled with, you know, working a secular job and not necessarily being in full-time ministry. Um, but still applying myself to like get my license get my ordination because to some it can kind of be like well you're not currently serving full-time so like what's the point um but in my mind and in my soul it's I want to prepare myself for what God's going to use us for next yeah um so that would be kind of like a little piece of advice of like don't make everything or don't make one thing your whole identity because like your first call to God, bringing it back to the call of God is like, you're called to love him first, not necessarily a ministry position first, but you're called to love him first. Yeah. And I think, and I think too, for us is that what has helped at least me is when we really think, uh, when we really dive in, because society really wants to tell you that you are what you do. Mm -hmm. We hear that so much. You are what you do. If you're, if you're a counselor, then, then, then you're a counselor. That's who you are. That's uh, if you're a pastor, that's who you are. When really, um, when you really dive deeper into that though, you were not born a counselor. You were not born a pastor. 
you were born you were born first a child of god and that's the very first thing and you were born a son and a daughter or or a um niece or nephew first before and before really god developed you to become what he's called you to be and so it's not it i mean those that's one thing that has really helped me first is when it comes to identity is Mm -hmm. that i don't want to be wrapped up all the time with what i do i want people to actually see that like god has created me different from everybody else but first and foremost i'm a child of god yeah he created me for a purpose and then i'm a son i'm a son to my mom and dad i'm a brother to my sister i am i am these things first before i became a pastor yeah and before, and before i even developed that relationship with with jesus christ first i learned who i was and yeah. what i was and who i was created from yeah. so that's good i i get the picture of like you know when we hold on to these secondary identity things you know pastor counselor teacher all all good things but when we like hold on to it like such a closed tight fist you know like how you may have a shift at some point in your life you know we talked at the beginning like sometimes god calls you to something in a particular season and then he shifts you to something else and that's still a good thing but when we are holding on so tightly you know think of like the the pain that comes with that and and a lot of it like you said Courtney can come down to like the pride of like this is who I am (laughs) you know but like at its base like we we are children of God you know so holding those things loosely of like I didn't earn this on my own. This is a, a gift from the Lord that has called me to this, but he can also take that away in a moment's notice, you know? Um, and so how much better to just have a posture of, of surrender um, when it comes to our identity? The, the last question I want to hit on before we kind of start closing things um, is, is just about like the stewardship of, of that call that the Lord has has given you guys specifically, but just as an encouragement um, and challenge to listeners as well. How how do you steward that call? Especially, you know, there's there's times you question it. There's times it's hard, and you're like, I I'm not the right person. Maybe you have maybe you have imposter syndrome. You know, feeling like I'm trying to fit into this role, but like you got the wrong person. I know I have felt that for sure. I'm like, God, you got the wrong girl. <laughs> I am trying to do this and it is hard. Um, you know, so how, how do you steward that? How do you walk that out as faithfully as you can, especially in those, those moments when you're doubting, you're questioning, it's hard. It's not what you thought it would be. Yeah. I, for me, um, I've doubted. I've doubted so many times. Um, and I know that until, until, until Christ comes back, I'm going to continue to doubt, yeah. but I, but I know that, um, cause I've really asked myself this exact question, like, God, you've called me to be a youth pastor to teenagers who have grown up in America, grown up in society, in this society where everything is you is as attainable uh and 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 for me it wasn't growing up and so how am i able to speak into our students lives and and i've even asked uh even some of my um 
some of my mentors this the same thing. I've even asked uh, one time my uh, my lead pastor. I had asked him. Uh, I'm just uh, like we walked into it. I didn't just blurt out and ask this question, but I asked him, um, "What led you to hire me? Mm. What led you to hire me to pastor?" his students at this church. And he had told me, uh, I asked you and hired you because of your heart for God, mm. your heart for God, you're obedient, you're faithful, and you know what, you know how to grow in your walk with God. It's not because of what you had done in the past. It's not, it's not any, anything of why, because you're a TCK or anything like that. It's because you are pursuing Christ right now and you know how and you know how to do it. And there are some and there are students behind you that don't know how to do it. And and so I need someone that is faithful. I need someone that's obedient. I know I need someone that's wise and and is able to give leadership in in this area. And you are you are it. I, I remember here, I remember hearing those conversations, but I'll I'll say that like for me, I have to constantly be in the Word of God. I have to constantly be in the Word. I have to, as I said earlier, fall in love with Jesus every single day. Um, I'm in, I am not perfect by any means, and but I and I recognize that I humble myself and and know that I'm not perfect by any means. But Christ, uh, Christ sees that, and Christ uh, does just begins to do something new inside of me every single day. And so as, as long as I continue to focus and focus and learn um, more about him, more about his heart, more about his word, I know that has really propelled me into, um, into always understanding and knowing what is of God uh, and what is not of God. Mm -hmm. If I start to think of, of, thoughts of doubt thoughts of um uh, that can lead uh, a certain way to depression or something like that i know i know beyond a shadow of a doubt that my god he heals the, uh, the depressed and he binds up their wounds but he does uh, but that is not of god so i need to get out of my surrounding of where i'm at that's causing me to doubt or even even have a conversation with somebody it's amazing what a conversation can actually do um and and just being open and honest with somebody that you can trust and to uh to share with them hey i'm 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 feeling this way can you uh uh, what would what would say helps you in a case like this and just have those kind of questions that's yeah. helped me so I have a great-grandmother who's about 95 years old now and she's still living she honestly has people younger than her calling her up and still asking to pray for them um but one thing that she had always told me and I mean you think about this this is somebody who has pastored her whole life from the time that she was 18 or 20 years old oh. and still, you know, maybe not in vocational ministry right now, but she's still pastoring at 95. Right. And she said, like, that's my legacy. Marco has his legacy, but that's my <laughs> legacy. Um, 
but just very simply one of the things that she has told me and it's always going to stick with me the rest of my life um whether we're here in the states or whether we're someplace else Mm -hmm. is remember who called you yeah it's good because there are going to be many events in life she has been through the great depression all the way up until COVID-19 and everything in between. And I can only imagine how many times she heard on the news that the world is going to end um, in between those decades. And she has never wavered once. Mm -hmm. Um, She's never wavered when losing her husband and deciding, do I continue on this call of ministry or do I step out of it? Um, you know, when raising family and having people come and actually knock on her door and funny enough, inviting them to, inviting her to their church and she has to decline because she pastors her own church. She's going to be a little busy on Sunday morning. Um, And they kind of give her an attitude back and saying, you're not allowed to pastor, you're a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, to deal with any sort of backlash or just, you know, nastiness, because again, we're all human. We all hurt, especially those that are in the church. We're not exempt. Mm-hmm. We all know that there's nasty people that come through the church. You know? yeah. yeah. And some of them might be your most heavily attended faithful people that we have bad days too. Um, <laughs> she has gone through so much and has never once, once fallen away from God has called me to this, that yeah. I am called to him first and that I am just going to continue to live out my calling until the day I die. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's so simple, but yet it's so radical at the same time. That's like, it's very inspiring and it's something that's like, you know what? She's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I, I just keep hearing all that. I just keep hearing in my, my head, you know, the scripture says he who is called you is faithful, keeping that at the forefront, you know, when everything else is happening, all the storms, all the chaos, all the uh, conflict, you know, keeping that at the forefront, that he who is called you is faithful. God is faithful. Um, so good. So as we're, I know this is kind of a, we take kind of a hard left <laughs> at this point. Um, but as we are closing things up, um, we like to ask all of our guests a fun question. And that question is, what is your bucket list country or experience in LAC? So I've been to a few places in LAC and honestly, it's great. There's nothing like it. Um, from going through the rainforest on zip lines, you know, your stereotypical uh, missions trip, fun day event, um, to volcano boarding in Nicaragua. I think one of my bucket list places in LAC probably not a very standard answer that you would hear, but I think it would be super cool to visit the Bolivian salt flats. Yeah. 
we, during the pandemic, when we couldn't go anywhere and the two of us were just like laying in bed and dreaming about traveling, right. we came upon um, a YouTube channel called Kara and Nate, and we literally just like binge watched through the whole <laughs> year of a pandemic. Um, they're like four or five years that they've done videos wow. in their life. So, um, but that for LAC, that would be one of my places is the Bolivian Salt Flats. Awesome. That's a good one. No one has said that yet. And I love it. That's somewhere I want to go too. It's a good choice. It's a really good choice. Mine would be to, I've, I've been to, um, I've been to Ecuador. That's the only place in LAC I've ever been to. And I didn't end up going until I became a youth pastor here and worked with uh, Joel and Leah Marbit. And, uh, and of course I grew up with, um, um, Leah's brother, Seth, uh, McDonald at, at, um, different, um, we did a missions trip together and we did, um, school missions together and stuff. And so, um, but I would say if I had to choose, I have two of those places. Um, definitely Rio de Janeiro. I can't say it. I can't say it right, <laughs> but definitely Rio. Um, Rio's always been one of the top places I would say in LAC, but um, also I would say Machu Picchu in uh, in Peru. That, that place has always um, fascinated me. I've even uh, watched documentaries on Machu Picchu. And so I would say those two, those two would be the two places for me in LAC. Awesome. Yeah. There's, there's a number of us who have said Machu Picchu. So we need to, we need Colton to take a group of us, show us around, take a little tour down there. Absolutely. We could do like a big, a big MK experience kind of, kind of trip over there. That would be awesome. Yeah. And (laughs) by who better than one of our Peruvian MKs, you know, those things that we would need to know. So that is awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being a part of this and coming on and just sharing from your heart and your experiences and, and just sharing so like honestly and vulnerably too you know we i'm just so grateful for that and just the little nuggets you dropped in it was just so good and so encouraging so love you guys the mahars you guys are terrific tck's mk's we love you guys and stay tuned for a future episode talk to you soon ciao